five. Loading. Four. It's a sharing up. And so sorry. Three. Almost there. Two. Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan is gone. Oh, can you believe this? One. Here we go. Now. Introducing Sunday League Finest Podcast with your host, David Donis and Roberto O.B. Welcome back, everybody, to an exciting episode of Sunday League's Finest. I know there wasn't any MLS games this weekend, but there's a lot of international games and a bunch of more exciting things that happened. So pretty excited. But first, David, how was your weekend? USA, USA, USA. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, What's that supposed to mean? Uh, there was a, a U.S. hot dog eating contest and USA won, um, so I was really happy about that. That's awesome! Finally, finally, our <laughs> our overeating is coming to a, you know an actual attention. You know, Useful. yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be in the tournament next year. <laughs> uh, nah, man, what a what a crazy! It was a fun, crazy weekend. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm spent, man. Uh, Sunday was just I was. At, at the end of the day, I was wiped. Not only that, obviously, we we're going to talk about the U.S.-Mexico game, but on the East Coast, it ended so late because obviously we went into extra time, and we'll we'll, we'll break that down later. But uh, also, early in the day, we had the Hawks play the 76ers in the first round of the um, Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, and that game we, it was crazy, too. We were leading the majority of the game, dominating. And then, you know, in Atlanta fashion, we wanted to make the game more exciting for all the neutrals. Um, so we literally had the game one like two or three times and it'd be like 35 or 40 seconds left on the clock and we were up by like six points and we find a way to turn it over and then the game would be close all of a sudden. Wow, dude. Uh, so it seems like your heart couldn't take it anymore, huh? Yeah, and luckily, you know, Sunday night, all, all was set right. Oh, that's good, dude. That's good. Yeah, dude, I, I always say it, sports... It, it must not be good for the blood pressure in the heart, you know. I think at a certain age, you got to stop watching it, dude. You're going to get a heart attack. You know, I always think about that when I'm, like, when I'm in the middle of watching a game and, you know, you're just, your heart's pumping, you might be sweaty, you're just on edge, and you're just like, man, why the heck do I do this to myself? Why do I care so much, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and like we talked last week, it kind of kills your whole mood when it doesn't go your way. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. It is crazy, uh, but anyways, nah. It was besides that, it was a good weekend. I hung out uh, with my family on that that day. We just we cooked out, had some uh, uh, you know some carne asada and, and some carnitas. So all all good food, ate and drank uh, really badly. Um, so, so you today, ate Mexican food when you're rooting for USA playing against Mexico. Is, is, is carne asada really like specifically it is. Mexican? It is. It is. It's kind of everybody. It, it's what do you think of? Where do you get it? That carnicería. <laughs> um, uh, but just saying, dude, you should ate some hot dogs, some burgers. Now, if you if you would have said you're eating steak, I know it's technically the same yeah. thing, but it's different, different cut. Um, but yeah, dude, let's get into this. I mean, unless you had something specific to say. Nah, that's uh, it. No but, one really yeah, cares about was... what you say, anyways. Hey, my mom does. <laughs> true, true. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get into the brief MLS roundup. It's time for MLS roundup. All right, like I said, it's brief because we didn't have many games, but there were a couple signings. And the first one that I want to state is Charlotte FC. All right, for all our Charlotte FC fans out there, um, they're supposed to be coming into the league very soon. They signed their first player with a ton of Premier League experience from Leicester City. I don't really want to say his name. <laughs> David, I was for you. David, Come you want to give it. it to us? Say it, bro. David, give it to us, bro. Uh, I think it's Christian Fuchs, but <laughs> it's F F U C H S. Fuchs, maybe Fuchs. Fuchs, maybe, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna wait for the MLS announcers to say it on Christian air. Christian Fuchs, Fuchs scores a goal. 
Dude, they're going to slip up one time. Oh, about to be. And they're going <laughs> to laugh. They're going to laugh. Yeah. It's, hey, besides the, the funny name, I mean, he does have a lot of experience, obviously, in the Premier League. So what do you think for the first signing? What do you think about that? And what's to say about their club? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's always hard to tell with these signings because sometimes, you know, we've seen it in MLS where you signed a either an already established European player or somebody from Europe and they... For whatever reason, you know, it's always hard to adapt with how MLS is. Um, so, you know, hopefully he, he pans out, but it's always going to be hard to tell. But, I mean, it's good so far. It's better than signing, you know, somebody like uh, named McBean or something. <laughs> Freaking McBean, dude. <laughs> um, so he spent a lot of times with, uh, with Leicester City. And it's kind of interesting that one of the first signings is a defensive player. It kind of counteracts everything that mls clubs usually do right they usually go after a star striker or or one of those that type of position so it shows that charlotte fc is saying hey we're gonna do it other teams don't do and we're gonna worry about defense a little bit yeah atlanta united assigned a star striker uh kenwin jones the first player in atlanta united history dude i forgot he played <laughs> there dude hey you know what i just going on a little tangent but I, I obviously he didn't fit well with atlanta united and the Tata Martino um, system. But I honestly think when Kenwin Jones came in, if he would have played for another team, I think he would have had like a good solid two years where he would have at least put up like 15 goals. Well, because they, did they sign him before they got Tata? Yeah. Why? So it was, uh, it was like the president. I think Darren Eels and the president. Well, it's the, the same thing here, it. right? Because they, Leicester, I'm not Leicester, um, Charlotte FC hasn't announced a coach. But then you bring all these players in, then you sign a coach. And they may not fit the coach's system. So it, it's kind of dumbfounding to me that they're going to go after all the players rather than signing a coach first. Yeah, and I wonder – yeah, that's that's a good point. But I wonder if they, they might not do like a lot of players but just a, a couple here and there. I guess because I guess the thing is you don't want to pass up a good opportunity, right? Uh, because obviously once you do sign a coach, somebody else might have snagged your player. But then again, you want you don't want to sign a player that's completely not going to fit your system. So maybe you just maybe that's why it's a safe bet to get like a you know a defensive player versus like a striker. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But we'll see. We'll see who they. First of all, we'll see who they go after as a coach. Um, my phone drained a couple times, but I've I've turned them down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hey, really quick, just stay on Charlotte. Do you think they're gonna, you know, go big? Or do you think they're going to, you know, maybe take like a, you know, Minnesota slash Austin FC approach where you kind of just build like a pretty sturdy team, but not make any huge splashes or headlines? I don't think they're going to make any big splashes. But the thing is, they got Mark Nichols over there, who was Seattle Sounders Academy director for a while and has made it Seattle Sounders what it is today. Uh, he is the Academy director and helped with a lot of the first team aspects as well. So I think knowing his background it's not going to be big splashes but it is going to be a good competitive team i think from the get-go yeah i think so too and obviously uh you know me me being from atlanta and georgia you kind of want that southern uh you know rivalries to start to begin to form or just you know at least have a good um some good teams in a region um except orlando screw them yeah the fake rivalry orlando Plus, so that Orlando's not really in the South, anyways. They're kind of just there. <laughs> they're almost falling that. into the ocean, bro. Yeah, that's true. Hey, what do you think about Charlotte FC and like their logo and their colors that they chose? That we already talked about this, didn't we? Yeah, but I just wanted to re retouch it. I mean, it looks cool. I, I kind of like the uh, the whole royalty thing. Obviously, we've talked about uh, FC and all that thing at nauseum. Um, but I mean, it looks, it looks pretty dope. It looks, it's more of a, it's got that English feel. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like it. I, I, my favorite color is blue. So I like, I like that color. Hey, me um, too. There you go. There you go. It's, Our listeners like learned something now. it's almost like we were biologically just predestined to like blue. Almost. Like all huh? men. Almost. All men like blue, dude. I it's like 80%. my favorite colors are blue and pink actually. So. Oh, look at you. Nice little combo. Uh, Hubba Bubba. I know, a community, I know a community that would accept you. Uh, oh, the one that across the street, Kingsburg, <laughs> the one that lives by you? Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, 
Now, going to the rest of the MLS, Portland Timbers, they've signed ex-Galaxy goalkeeper David Bingham. So as we know, Portland's been in the scramble for goalkeepers who they signed a USL goalkeeper to a short-term loan because a couple of their goalkeepers are injured. He played well. Now they sent him back. Now they signed David Bingham. So I don't know. We'll see what they do. I wonder if they're signing him just as like, just in case, or are they legitimately looking at him to be a potential starter? Um, I don't think it's a good signing. Um, maybe he revamps his career there. I'm not sure, but in my opinion, I don't think it's a solid goalkeeper. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody really cares. It's David Bingham. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of yeah. the LA Galaxy, though, what do you think about the MLS handing Der- center back Derek Williams five additional game suspension so he set out his one now he has five additional games so i mean realistically because we're taking the break and our game won't be till june 19th he's not gonna play games until august yeah i, I didn't think about the the international break so yeah that, that does factor in um i know we were talking about this going back and forth a little bit um but there's obviously there's like intents of the tackle so you evaluate the tackle and then you evaluate the ramifications, right? So I think the reason why he got the five games versus, you know, let's say three um, is because, you know, that the, the opposing player is out for the rest of the season, right? Was it was it torn, torn something, wasn't it? Yeah. Torn ACL, I'm not sure. So obviously, um, you know, it's one of those tough things because the tackle – yeah, he comes in with studs. It's a bad tackle, but he wasn't trying to hurt the player, but he did hurt the player. Um, so I don't know. I I think three would have been okay. Um, and then obviously, if he's already served one game, or are you counting the one game that he got red carded in, or is that no? So it's five additional. So he he sat the one game after he got red carded uh, versus San Jose, and then now he has five more games. Yeah, it would have been okay if they did five, but one, the one was already included in. Um, did he get a fine as well, or was it just the suspension? I'm not too sure. Knowing the MLS, they probably did hand a fine. Um, MLS loves to hand fines whenever they can, but I just think five games is is a little bit much. Um, I agree with you. They probably did take into consideration that the player got injured and is out for the year, but I, I don't know. I think if you look at the tackle, obviously it's a, it's a bad tackle, but you see him pull his leg back. You see him not going studs up or anything like that, you know, and he just mistimed it very, very badly. I think three games for me, in my opinion, or three additional maybe, so four games total. But now, yeah, we won't see Derek Williams back until August. Um, and then, obviously, he was receiving even death threats online, which is pretty crazy about that. Yeah, and, I, I you know, it's, it's the world we live in where everybody wants to be a keyboard warrior. Um, I mean, shit happens in in all sports. Um, but I mean, I mean, if if you have a brain and you saw that, you could see that it wasn't meant to be done on purpose. You can be pissed as a fan because if that was your player, you would be pissed. But death threats is taking it to a whole another level. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, David, let me ask you a question: Who's the greatest player in the world right now? Besides me? Yeah, besides you. Um. Still say Messi. All right, cool. Gave me you gave me the right answer. I was I was like all worried. Like, what about if you give me a wrong answer? So speaking of Messi, obviously in the um, transfer rumors about him leaving or staying in Barcelona, signing Gunaguero to try to get him a stay. Well, potentially they leaked a a new contract extension for Messi. Speaking about he would stay at Barcelona till twenty twenty five, but in the contract he would um leave Barcelona and go to Inter-Miami. And Barcelona would take care of most of his wages, allowing Inter-Miami to stay under uh, salary cap. What are your thoughts about that? Wow, I didn't hear about that. Is that a real thing? Can that I, really happen? I, that's what I've heard the rumor is. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they can quote it as a loan, right? A loan to Inter-Miami, and they can cover 80% of the wages. Dang, is this is this a new technique from Miami after everything that's going on? And Miami's gonna get everybody on loan and just have every, <laughs> them cover all the percentages, dude. Hey, could it? Yeah, could, but then how do? So, okay, so I mean, you if, could technically what, what, do it, but how would you get the teams to agree to it? You get me? Uh, if you're not paying why, them on the back I'm, end, that's what I'm saying. So let's say let's say 
you know, David Beckham and his ownership are paying Barcelona for that. Isn't that kind of still a way uh, of cheating? Yeah, if they're paying Barcelona, then yeah, it's a cheating. But how how are you going to prove it? How would they do it, right? Now, yeah. if they're just loaning them out, because there's plenty of loans that, you know, it is too big for the club. And, they're you know, they like, for example, a lot of times when young players leave like big time clubs like Manchester City or something like that, their salary is super high and they need them alone out because they're not ready for the first team. And then so they tell the other club like, all right, we'll loan them out, but we'll take care of 60% of his wages, you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it could happen. That's supposedly the rumored contract. So we'll see. Did it say um, uh, like how many years it would be? For to enter Miami, how long he would stay here? I don't know. I guess just like the well, but the it, entire like, time Bar- he would be here, though he would be quote unquote an ambassador for Barcelona still. But Barso obviously still wants Messi, right? So it's, it's gonna yeah. when they when they renegotiate his contract, it's gonna be something like what, like three or four years and two years. Well, of yeah. Barca and so Barcelona, years. he would stay for four years, and in twenty twenty five, he would come into Miami. Damn, Barca really wants Messi for another four years. I mean, I think so. What do you? You surround him with the best players, dude. Barcelona's I going on a huge I, like scramble. I think I think Messi and Ronaldo, even though they're the best players in the world right now, I think they got two more years. So then we better enjoy him this next World Cup. That's all you're saying. Yeah. Euros and the Euros and the Copa America, we gotta enjoy it. Yeah, pretty much. And obviously, we know Messi and his that he hasn't really gotten that glory with the national team. Um, so, you know, he's got to do it quick. Okay, he's 33, so he's not as old as I thought. But in four years, he'd be 37. And we know in soccer, you know, except for Ibra. Zlata, so yeah, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, that usually once you get Ibra, in that age Ibra, range, Ibra. at best, you're usually coming off the bench. But again, these are, um, you know, superhero men. So who knows? But um, I say both of them got like two good years left before they start becoming players to start seeing either the bench at a big club or you know starting for a smaller club so we gotta enjoy it dude oh shoot ronaldo's 36 yeah ronaldo's definitely only got uh one or two years left then he's gonna sign with galaxy hey dude i i guarantee i guarantee it but now you guys got some competition for talent over there bro who's that lafc son she was usa nah no competition. No competition. Do they bring Will Ferrell in for the contract negotiations? <laughs> Imagine. Imagine, like, <laughs> looking up and Will Ferrell's right there trying to negotiate a contract. <laughs> with you. Nah. He's like, hey, we can't give you this extra 10%, but uh, I'll let you ride in my uh, Wonder Bread car from uh, Ricky Bobby movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shake and bake, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I love that movie, dude. Um, last thing on the MLS is MLS has plans to add a lower division league. They're looking to add it as a third division. So it's kind of interesting how they're going to do it because there's already two third division leagues, which is NISA and the USL League One. They're both sanctioned by U.S. Soccer as a third division. So I don't know how many more division leagues we're going to add on the same division. Um, it's going to be interesting, but... It is a pretty cool approach. Um, basically, what they're trying to do is create a league for all their second teams, you know, the reserve league, bridge the gap between their first teams and the MLS Next, which is all their academy teams. And then they're going to potentially open it to non-MLS teams. So it could be uh, a merger of two. And even possibility of uh, semi-pro teams, so very elite semi-pro teams that constantly win their leagues and stuff like that. They're thinking about allowing them to enter if they can meet the um, some minimum professional standards, and then even standalone youth clubs. So if there's a youth club out there that, you know, they're looking to create a sort of first team or maybe even have the U19 team compete in that, if they can meet, again, the minimum requirements and show that they can compete, then less is open to, like, allowing them to join. So curious to hear your thoughts, David. What do you think? Should U.S. soccer allow another third division? Should they allow the MLS to own multiple leagues? I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So you said that uh, they are trying to get U.S. soccer to sanction it. Yeah, so they're trying for I think they said in two years uh, to get sanctioned by U.S. soccer for it to be the third division. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you can't. I don't know if U.S. soccer can pick, uh, pick and choose favorites. Definitely think everybody should be giving the same opportunity. So, uh, you know, if other other leagues can get that status, then I don't see why the MLS um, teams can't get that status either. But I do like that the you know non MLS teams would come in too. I would assume that if that if they let in non MLS teams, there would never be a, a path to the first division. Why? Why is that? I mean, wouldn't that be a better option because more and more teams are joining? Yeah, but if you have it, let's say your minimum professional standards are that you have a five thousand seat stadium and you get like a thousand people per game. You think they're gonna let them go into the first division of MLS? But isn't that the way the rest of the leagues do it? In one league, yeah. it's like ten thousand seat stadium, and when they get promoted, now they need a twenty thousand seat stadium. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess you, what you're saying is that they would make it so uh, not big teams wouldn't go into the first division. Pretty much, you would have to financially back to get up but you would have the opportunity if you won which is what most leagues do i think there's a minimum um at least in mexico there used to be i don't know if they took it away but like when you move up you have to have a new standards right like you have to meet this minimum and stuff like that so most teams will try to have the highest leagues minimum it's just going to be interesting i i like the approach I, I always thought MLS and USL were going to, like, eventually merge and kind of, you know, work hand-in-hand hand since a lot of their teams would play, but it looks like MLS is going to do their own thing. I like that the USL was setting up, you know, the USL Championship, the USL League uh, 1, and then the USL League 2 to kind of already have a promotion relegation in place, but it looks like MLS is going to kind of go out of the way and do their own thing. Yeah, I really liked what uh, USL was doing, and they also like USL. Uh, apart from you know the NASL, that's not uh, around anymore. They they seem to have um, they were more uh, sturdy and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, stability had there we go had more stability. Um, but yeah, uh, you, we always talked about that if MLS was ever going to do pro rel, that, that we think they would have like an MLS one, MLS two. So this seems to kind of echo what we talked about in the past. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, maybe it doesn't even take place. Maybe it, it does. So we'll we'll keep a close eye on that, and hopefully uh, it's for the better of U.S. soccer. Now going into the NWSL, um, Alex Morgan, the goal-scoring machine, Ooh. dude. She just doesn't stop scoring. Three goals and one assist in five matches, and her team, Orlando Pride, are in first place, top of the table, dude. So, I mean, it doesn't look like she's slowing down anytime soon. Although she didn't have a great time at Tottenham Hotspurs, came back and tearing it up. So, I don't know what you take about that. Does that show that the NWSL is a lower level? Uh, does it have nothing to do with the level and maybe she's just homesick? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, I'm kind of bummed out because I just found out she's married. Yeah, to Dom Dwyer. No, I'm just kidding. Dom Dwyer, Cindy uh, <laughs> Damn, LaRue. Damn, dude. Alex Morgan dude, is married to... Um, you got switching spouses. Alex Caruso. Ser no, Servando Carrasco. There you go. I knew, was a, I knew it was a soccer player. He hey, used to play for the Galaxy. I don't know what's worse, uh, me looking this up, or you already knowing that from a long time ago. Yeah, Servando Carrasco used to play for the Galaxy, bro. And no, uh, it seems like you know all the husbands uh, who's single and who's taking. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep it open, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, I forgot Dom Dwyer's with Cindy, uh, Sydney what was Larue. Larue, yeah. Um, Dom Dwyer's kind of fell off t- talking about that. But that's a whole other subject. Dude. We're gonna have an episode called "Where Did They Go?" and it's just a bunch of like MLS <laughs> legends and what happened to them. But and, and most of Obi's career. Wow, here we Damn. go. Here we go. Um, but yeah, speaking about in the NWSL, the 15 year old that we spoke about last week, Olivia Motri, I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, she Moultrie, is, dude, she's white. Oh, Motri, sorry. Um, she is <laughs> set to sign with Portland Thorns after they acquired her rights from Orlando, uh, not Orlando, from um, the Olympic Leon Reign. So she's going to sign a professional contract. She'll be playing with the Portland Thorns. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that she was able to nego- well get around the barrier and uh, actually sign to Portland Thorns taking a risk. Hopefully, it's not a Freddie Adu, huh? 
<laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Freddie Dew was not the ace he was, but that's a whole yeah, other There's dude. no record listen, showing it. Listen to the podcast. Uh, what was it called again? The, the Freddie Dew story? The, no, was... the American Prodigy. Oh, yeah. Listen to the podcast. It's really good, but they kind of touch on that. American Prodigy um, hey, with go, Grant Wall. Watch a video, watch a video of Freddie Dew training right now. <laughs> Tell me that guy is not older than he what he says he is. But no, yeah, that's cool. Um, are they so are they gonna like I guess re, revamp their their rules or? Well, what? they're still in the CBA negotiations, so I don't know what's gonna happen. But as of right now, they're a lot of signer and they signed. Wow, props to her, man. What were you doing at fifteen? Uh, I was uh getting cut from the JV team. Uh, what about you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just scratching uh, my ass on the bench. <laughs> um, over this past weekend in the NWSL, Chicago Red Stars won 1-0 over the Courage. Gotham FC picked up the dub. What's up, baby? Over, what, what, what? over Olympic Leon Reign. So maybe they shouldn't have traded her rights around. Maybe they need her. And then Portland Thorns, the team that she just signed to, won 3-0 over Racing Louisville. And then Houston Dash beat Kansas City. 1-0 and a 1-1 draw on Orlando Pratt and Washington Spirit. So very, very much alive. Uh, the standings right now is Orlando Pratt in first and Portland Thorns in second. And then obviously there's 10 more teams, but that's a lot. But it's very close at the top of the table. For one through six are like a couple points away. So it's a tight race, tight race. And make sure you guys keep watching CBS Sports Network and Paramount Network. Um, still don't like that as pay to watch, but... I guess. Yeah, it, can you stop mentioning it? Because they're not sponsoring us yet, so. <laughs> That's why right. I'm trying to get the sponsor, dude. Yeah. But, I mean, kind of speaking about that real quick, what do you think? Because, like, for example, my buddy who watches soccer, you know, he's, he's he's English, but he wanted to watch the game yesterday. And he was like, he texted me, he's like, hey, is this game in English? So Because he, <laughs> he didn't have CBS Sports Network. Wasn't gonna play for Paramount Network. He ended watching the whole game in Spanish, like not understanding anything the commentators are saying. But mm -hmm. he watched the game. So, like, do I think it's making it harder for the the casual soccer fans to even pick up USA games? Yeah, because I mean, because ha half of watching the game is also listening to the color commentary, right? Yeah. And uh, for one, you know, it's the game was the main game was on Univision, right? It's probably one of the it was made regular cable. So it's probably where the majority of uh, Spanish speakers and English speakers watch the game. Um, it's a it's it's a Mexican channel, so clearly they're going to be biased. Which is what my dad my dad had the same thing. He hates watching the broadcast in Spanish, especially when the U.S. is playing. Um, so yeah, I mean it does suck because you yeah it's the U.S. national team. So I think especially a game of this magnitude, come on man, they've got to be a way. Um, that some of the should other have been networks. on like ESPN or at least like or at least ESPN. Yeah. Uh, honestly, a game like a championship game, uh, USA versus Mexico. I think it should be on like ABC or or Fox. And I, yeah, and I wanted to bring this up later. Uh, we could talk about it just a little bit right now. But I think part of it was they didn't know what this tournament was going to be because obviously it's the Nations League. It's new, um, so maybe they just didn't think it was worth the investment. But uh, they're probably regretting it now. Big time, big time. That game was amazing. We'll get to it soon, though. Um, but the U.S. Women's, women's national team plays this Thursday against Portugal. So make sure you guys check that out. And they have many, many friendlies coming up. Uh, I think like five or six total. We mentioned them on the last podcast. So make sure you guys check it out. U.S. Women's national team doing their thing this Thursday. Kickoff versus Portugal. Yeah, got a lot of friendlies. A lot of, uh, a lot of international soccer coming up. Yep, yep, yep. Now, we're going to mix around the order. I know you guys are used to hearing Americans Abroad now. We're going to skip to the rest of the world because Americans Abroad is going to be the USA-Mexico game, and we want to dedicate more time to that. So, rest of the world. Barcelona, we spoke about them earlier. They're going after everything in sight. Uh, they're trying to sign a bunch of free agents. They've already signed one from Manchester City, and it looks like they're going after three more players. Supposedly, they want to go after Ikai Gundogan, Laporte, and Gabriel Jesus. So that's a lot of money, but I think City, other than Gondor, I think they're ready to let go of Jesus and Laporte. Yeah, man, it looks like Barca's uh, trying to take things more seriously now. Um, we obviously we talked about, you know, Messi's going to stay and all this stuff. So I think they're probably doing this for Messi as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll see if they they're able to pull it off. And then speaking about Messi. 
kicks off Copa America, dude. Uh, starts June 13th, Copa America. I believe the first game is Argentina versus Chile, which is a great game, great rivalry. If you guys aren't haven't seen any of the Copa America or Con Mi Bol, basically it's like the CONCACAF except more talented, in my opinion. Um, but a lot of dirty antics throughout the games, fighting, dirty tackles. You're not going to see amazing soccer, but you're going to see feistiness the entire time. I personally love the Copa America, and I can't wait to watch it. Although it seems like it's been like a novella, uh, you know, this soap opera these last couple of days or last couple of weeks because it's like, is it going to happen? Is it not? They've had a switch host twice um, and now they've said it in Brazil. But then two kickers, Brazil's Congress was urging them to postpone it. But earlier today, Brazil is giving the green light. So they're going to do it. They were going to propose uh, postpone it because of COVID. And then today, Brazil... Some president of the Soccer Federation Confederation gets arrested for sexual harassment. Matt, it just seems like everything's against the Conway Bowl right now. David, what are your thoughts about the Copa America and everything that's going on? Yeah, it seems like there's a party in Brazil, huh? Party. Um, but yeah, the first game is actually Brazil contra Venezuela. Oh, did I get um, it wrong? Oops. Yeah, what else is new? And that's uh, Sunday, June 13th. Um, and, yeah, hopefully, you know, Joseph has been called up, but he's been coming off the bench. Um, so it'd be nice to see him do something. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, there's just something different that you get from uh, international soccer versus club soccer. Um, so, obviously, we've had the highs of, of club soccer come to a close. So now we get to start all the craziness. And we got a little preview of that with the, uh, you know, the U.S.-Mexico game and the Nations League. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, in, in Gomnebol, you just have some just really good teams. And, um, yeah, like you mentioned, there's just so much passion. And uh, it's unfortunate that we couldn't have it in the U.S., but either way, it's still going to be a, a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, it definitely will be. Um, dude, it's just crazy to me that they have so many games. Well, every every team in the world has so many games back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, right? Because of in Conmebol, that's a uh, federation in South America, they're having World Cup qualifiers this week, and then boom, they have to start the Copa America. So it's mm. it's like mentally, I don't know, it's, it's it's difficult. And even like USA and Mexico, right? They just finished, and now they have friendlies again. So it's going to be back-to-back-to-back, multiple games. Um, and it's just going to be a pretty crazy time of how many games they have going on. Now, David, Copa America... I know who my team is, but who do you got? Um, so just really quick to run down the last couple of winners. So in 2019, it was Brazil, 2016, Chile, and 2015, Chile. So that being said, it's setting up nicely for my man, your man, Lionel Messi in Argentina. La B Selecta, dude. We're, we got it. I'm ready. I'm ready for Argentina to actually win it. I'm ready for Messi to actually show up. We'll see how it goes, dude, but I'm always rooting for Argentina, but everyone forgets about Chile, dude. Chile. Yeah. Yeah, trust me, the U.S. and Mexico know when they got demolished by Chile. <laughs> Man, um, Mexico got the full Chile, <laughs> dude. Yeah, 7-0. <bro>. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, But, yeah, uh, you know, I just – obviously, we've seen – uh, you know the tough, the tough things that happen with Messi. So, I really want him to win his because he just seems like uh, obviously it's a good, not only a good dude, but just a beautiful soccer player. Um, a beautiful man. To say, <laughs> I mean, just like, I was like, that came out weird. <laughs> but that, that too. But just you know, the last time he obviously missed a, a, a penalty and it was just it's bad. So I'm hoping that he just gets that that and he's done. He's won everything under the sun except something major with Argentina. So. I think everybody in the soccer community just wants to see that happen. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully soon. Well, David, going into CONCACAF. That's the North- Yeah, this, we're talking about the big game, right? Huge uh, game over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> well, the CONCACAF, for the listeners that don't know, is a sub-federation that takes care of um, all the North America and the Caribbean nations. Well, the CONCACAF, like David said, isn't World Cup qualifying. Not the big name teams yet. All the little name teams like us in Guatemala that we have to fight just to make it to the main <laughs> stage where everybody pays attention to. Um, Guatemala showing us how to play football. Dude, 10-0 over St. Vincent. I mean, as a coach, do you just start sitting there half the time? 
I mean, it's 10-0. So, I mean, that's pretty awesome. We have a big, big game, though, versus Curacao. Um, basically, the way it's set up is everybody's in little and small groups, and only the first place team moves on to the final round. So, Curacao's in Guatemala's group. They play tomorrow, Tuesday. It's going to be crazy. Whoever wins, I think Curacao just needs a draw, but Guatemala needs to win. So, hopefully, we get the win. And then there's a couple other qualifiers that David wants to go over. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Guatemala obviously pulled the win against St. Vincent. Unfortunately, we needed Curacao to lose, but they were playing the British Virgin Islands and won 8-0. So, uh, both Guatemala and Curacao have been perfect in the group. Um, they're in a group with Cuba, St. Vincent, and British Virgin Islands. Um, and their goal differential is uh, plus 15 and plus 14. Um, so, obviously, you know, it's everybody's been taking a whack at the other teams. It's mainly going to come down to Guatemala and Curacao. So, obviously, they have to play each other home and away. Um, do you know who's is who's home on this one? Do you know? I don't. I don't. Thanks for putting me on the spot again. Bad, <laughs> so, CONCACAF qualifies, dude. We barely get enough information that they're oh, actually okay. going to so, play. <laughs> yeah, so Curacao's at home. So, uh, so it's going to be tough. This is going to be big if Guatemala can uh, win uh, away. Um but yeah, just to go and like oh we mentioned these obviously the, this is not the limelight games. These are the 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 games before you get to the actual you know the big qualifying with uh, U.S. Mexico Costa Rica the the hex. Um, but it's, it's not the hex cool. this year. It's the oct. The, oh yeah, it's, it's the octagon. This is oct. Yeah. So um, yeah, bye bye hex. Um, but it's kind of cool because you, these are some of the games that I always wanted to see. And um, I was really excited when we saw the first round because it was on Peacock, which is available to most people that have regular cable. So I was kind of bummed out that they didn't repeat it again. And this time you had to go out of your way and try to find Facebook streams or whatever. So it kind of sucked. But um, I'm going to go over some of the big games because like the Guatemala Curacao game, a lot of the games that are coming up this week are with the, the either they're tied for first in the group or it's one and two. So you got Canada against Suriname. They were both tied on nine points. Um, goal differential uh, is in Canada's favor, but still it doesn't matter if whoever gets the win. So, you know, obviously we've always thought Canada was going to do big things, but they find a way to do crazy uh, and, and they don't, uh, you know, do what they're supposed to. So that's always, that's going to be a little bit of fun to see what happens there. Um, we got uh, Nicaragua versus Haiti. Um, again, I think that's, that's, that's a close one. They're both tied on points. Um, shout out to my our, our buddy Gus, who's a, a, a from Nicaragua. But uh, Haiti, man, we've seen Haiti play in the Gold Cup before. They ain't no slouch of a team. No, definitely not. They're they're surprised, and it's Sukunkakaf. Anything can happen, and that I think that's the crazy thing. And all these teams are battling for first place in their group, but then they have to go play a knockout game versus another first place team of another group. Just right. to get to the oct, so everyone thinks it's all sunshine, you know, to make it to the World Cup qualifiers. But the Concacaf, man, it's difficult, it's, and qualifying starts way before they've been at this for a while. Yep, yep. And uh, and then the uh, next group we have Panama against the Dominican Republic. Panama is on in first with nine points. Uh, Dominican Republic seven points, so they're playing each other. Um, and then we also got uh, El Salvador. Um, against Antigua and Bermuda, uh, or Barbuda. Uh, same thing, tied on points, man. And uh, these Caribbean teams, man, they're giving the uh, the Central American teams a real run for their money because, you know, in the past, the uh, the Central American teams would just roll over them except for maybe Trinidad. But uh, they, they're putting up a fight, man. Um, and then going off of that, um, in, in, the, in the last group, we have uh, St. Kitts and Nevis against Trinidad and Tobago. And get this, bro. St. Kitts has nine points. Trinidad has five points. Five? So five points. Trinidad so has only won they, one game and they died, died twice. It's crazy. Wait, but why the, all these countries get to have two teams on the field? I don't get it. You know, you got Trinidad <laughs> and Tobago, bro. Why? Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's, that's, we would have qualified for the World Cup if we had to play Trinidad or Tobago, but not and. I know. On, we had to play unfair. both of them. That's not fair. One against two teams. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, Trinidad was in the hex last World Cup and they were the reason the U.S. didn't go to the World Cup. And now they're, you know, they could potentially 
lose this early in the qualifying process. It's it's, it's pretty pretty mind boggling. Yeah, I mean Trinidad and Tobago has always been up there, so it seems they've fallen off in the last couple of years. But that is the Concacaf World Cup qualifying, and then obviously the Gold Cup is going to take place July, I think eleventh it begins. Um, so pretty crazy, a lot of international games. I know we're taking a break from club soccer, but make sure you guys are paying attention to the international games. And speaking about international games, there's more across the pond in Europe. Um, the Euros, uh, 2020 edition Euros, because that's when it was supposed to happen, is now taking place in 2021. Um, kicks off on Friday with Italy versus Turkey. Uh, honestly, if I'm being honest, that's not a very exciting game to get get the tournament started, but it is what it is. I mean, dude, if you're thinking of the Euros, you really want to watch Italy versus Turkey? Italy's defensive Damn. football the entire time. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, it is what it is, but... Euros always give a lot of excitement. Uh, David, who do you have, you know, any sleepers or any uh, surprise picks, or who do you have winning it all? Damn, Iceland's not in it this time, huh? No. Hey, this Finland. That'll be fun. <laughs> so uh, those are your sleeper picks? No, nah, I'm, just, I'm just picking out the countries that look like it'll be fun to just see them play. Uh, there's Wales, too. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, Gareth Bale. and I got a friend who's a, who's a Welshman. Um, but uh, honestly, it's, it's probably going to be one of the, the biggies. Um, gosh, you know, obviously England says, has a strong roster, um, but I feel like England just doesn't like to win trophies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only win off of set pieces, dude. And obviously France just won the World Cup, um, so I feel like you can't you can't have too much, man. You can't win it again. Um uh, I think I think Germany's gonna bounce back. Do you? I have North Macedonia taking it all. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why? Why are you laughing, dude? North Macedonia is a good a good team. Do you not watch? Have, do you not have Alexander the Great taking the field? Yeah, dude. I mean, freaking Grand Gordon Pandev. That guy's amazing. Yeah, you didn't see him. He scores a couple goals. You know. Uh, yeah. No, in all seriousness, hopefully they just don't do too bad but i actually see france taking it again um well not again but after the world cup i see france taking it seems like the, that's the group of death though the group f it's france germany hungary and portugal so they have a tough road just to get out of their own group um so yeah. we'll see potentially the two finalists can come out of the same group right so france and germany come yeah. out they go on the opposite sides of the bracket and they can meet up in the final so well, that one's gonna be three. exactly you can have three come from the same group come out possibly possibly but I, but that'd be really hard. It's yeah. Um, we'll see what happens, but that's a group of death, in my opinion, and uh, should hey, be a good a, one. What do you think about um, uh, Croatia? I just think they got lucky in that World Cup run. I don't think they're gonna do anything. Really? Yeah, dude. I mean, they France gotta, tore them apart. Yeah, but they still made it to the finals. Yeah, but they didn't. Who did they play? That was good. Well, did they have to be Argentina was struggling. That couldn't do anything. England can only win off of set pieces. What? Hey, don't talk about set pieces now. There you go. Oh, that's the key thing last <laughs> night, huh? Hey, uh, so really quick before we move on, I also want to see the Netherlands get destroyed. And hey, they're in a group with North Macedonia, so I hope they beat them. <laughs> <laughs> Frank DeVoy, let's see what your boy does. Yeah, watch him. He's like, oh, we got Wins the Euros. No, he gets knocked out, and then he gets promoted to, like, I don't know, to Barcelona. He becomes a coach of Barca. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> dude. That, that guy has a stumbling forward, upward, just pretty crazy. Now to everybody's favorite, Americans abroad. I mean, really, there's only one thing to talk about, and that's the CONCACAF Nations League. Um, Mexico, uh, how, USA. How do we I don't even know how to start, I, I don't. I don't. Mexico, USA, 3-2. First of all, have you caught your breath from last night? I have and I haven't. So, like, my thing is, like you said, the CONCACAF Nations League was a tournament that no one really knew about it. Let's face it. Like, we were, like, a week out. Oh, look. Hey, we're playing in a <laughs> semifinal, dude. I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then next thing you know, we're playing Mexico in the final. And honestly, the game was probably one of the best classicals I've seen in a while. Like, from both teams. Like, not even playing-wise. Yeah. Just the intensity. 
I don't know if it's, it's because it, of COVID, like, you know, that long pause in it, but I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, I haven't seen a game between U.S. and Mexico get that wild and crazy in a long time. Um, so it was definitely a classic. And even the way the game played out, I mean, you couldn't have written, you couldn't have written this if you thought it out. Like it's the way everything happened was crazy. Uh, there was the actress on the field and off the field. Um, so it just made everything that much bigger. And like you said, nobody, it, you were just kind of like, oh, oh man, you know, the U.S. US and Mexico are going to be playing. Wow, cool. <laughs> and it all of a sudden, it just went from zero to 100 just like that with the flick of a switch. Yeah, I loved it, dude. There's many, many controversies that we need to go over. But, you know, Mexico was ahead pretty much the whole game, right? They well, went up. For, first, first of all, before we break that down, because uh, we had our podcast before the semifinals. So we had USA play against Honduras and then Mexico play against Costa Rica. So really quick, just to bring those down, USA, remember, against Honduras, they scored in the 87th minute to get to the next round. And if had they not done that, they would have went to a straight PK shootout. So I remember after that game, we were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the U.S. barely beat Honduras until we saw Mexico play Costa Rica. And they went to a shootout and barely eked it out alive. So... First of all, the first two games were kind of crazy because, um, you know, who knew that's how it was going to play out. Yeah, um, exactly, dude. And I, I think both defenses showed a lot of leakiness. And my question to you, David, is it USA and Mexico didn't play to their standards? Is it the CONCACAF competition is rising or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a combination of both. Um I also think, um, and I'm not sure about Mexico, but the U.S. is still figuring themselves out uh, to a certain extent. Obviously, we have a young roster. A lot of it came down to where that first half against Honduras, the USA should have had uh, two, maybe three goals, and the game would have been over. So a lot of it is that finishing. But Honduras should have had a couple, too. Yeah, you're right. And, um, you know, we can thank Zach Steffen for that. More on him later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I mean... And then you, you look at, you could, you know, most, most of the times we would say Costa Rica is better than uh, Honduras, but shoot, Honduras beat them in a penalty shootout as well. So um, I think the top teams in, in Coca-Cola, and this is going to go to qualifying, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I think I, I think the level of playing the entire Coca-Cola is rising. Um, I think a little bit like a team like Honduras, you can contribute to the MLS, right? A lot of their players do end up coming to the MLS and perform well. Um so I, I think we need we need to get past. Obviously, there's not not all of the teams, but I think the teams like Panama, uh, Costa Rica, Honduras, these type of teams are are raising their level, dude. And and you know a lot of times everyone says, oh, they you know we couldn't slaughter them, and or USA played bad, or then Mexico played bad. It's like we gotta give some respect to their opponent now. You know I think they're raising their level and. It was good that USA and Mexico both got through, but it's going to be fun to see in the qualifiers, like you said. Yeah, and even in the past qualifiers, like it's 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 never been a slaughter in qualifying. It's always been get your points and get out of there, right? Um, but anyways, to the, to the big game, like you mentioned, USA three, Mexico two, crazy crazy game. Um, it had everything you could ask for, but I guess to start from the beginning, um, USA concedes in the first minute of the game mark uh mckenzie the, mark, okay first of all mark mckenzie right uh, how did he make it 90 minutes not more than 90 minutes dude oh he went into overtime too didn't he yeah it's the, this, but, it, we'll, yeah, we'll talk I, about his performance ahead. first but let's go like you said it's one zero all right first two minutes i'm like oh my gosh this is a crazy disaster then we come back and we tie it one one Gio no, wait, before you get whoa, whoa before you go that the first 20 minutes, the U.S. looked – both teams were giving the ball away, but both teams looked really shaky, but the U.S. looked even more shaky. They, like – every time they were playing the ball at the back, you knew something was going to happen. And in – what was it, the 15th or 17th minute when Mexico had that second goal, I thought it was over and we were going to get blown out. Um, Obi, you think that was offsides? Oh, 100% it was offside. Now, in fast uh, motion, I didn't see it. And then when they went to the VAR, I was like, oh, shoot, what are they reviewing? And then it's clearly offside. 
How much was he offside? What do you mean, how much he was offside? You're offside if you're offside. Well, but how much? But it wasn't even inches. It was like I'm clearly. You, what, like a foot? Yeah. I didn't see a foot, but maybe that was just me. It, it would. It didn't even have to take England's little jawline that they do in the Premier League. It's <laughs> like literally, you look at it, clear offside. All right, we'll move on um, because I need to look it. Because when I saw when I first saw it, it looked like it was barely offsides, but maybe they just weren't showing me the right angle or stopping the camera right when the ball. Did was you clean your hit. glasses before you look? <laughs> what glasses? <laughs> um. But but yeah, so after that, we the U.S. catches a break, and they take the goal off. And Obi, what happens right after? Uh, Weston McKinney does what he does best: gets up there on headers, comes out the pole. Gio Reyna there to clean it up, one-one. Then, I mean, we'll break down everything, but I kind of wanted to go over the scoring. And then, obviously, in the second half, Mexico scored the second goal. Who other than I mean? Talk about an impact on coaching and an impact on subs. You could, what was it? His second ball that he touched? Yep. He wasn't even on the field a couple minutes. Diego Lainez ate up the U.S. defenders, three defenders there, gave him the second goal. USA battled back again. West, uh, the second goal um, came off of another header. It was, what, a couple minutes after? It wasn't even too much after. And then, obviously, in overtime, the PK, Christian Pulisic sealed it. Now going into details, it was crazy. Did you think, like, the game was kind of not over, but did you think, like, holy crap, Zach Steffen's injured. What are we going to do? Wasting a sub. Yep, so Zach Steffen gets injured, and Ethan Horvath comes in, which, you know, he'll play a huge role later. Um, So, and for one, before Zach Steffen got injured, I was not impressed with him. He made made a big save, uh, don't get me wrong. But I think, he, I don't know why, but he's just the way he's so casual with the ball back there. He makes a mistake almost every game. And um, he's been fortunate that it hasn't cost us recently. Um, but he needs to get better with his Do you think he tries to be casual because Ederson is? And he trains with that like every day? Because Ederson's very uh, casual could, on the ball. Could be. But, but obviously like Ederson's the, way better. Yeah. <laughs> but there's sometimes like, the, you know, that they pass the ball back to him. And, like, he never comes to the ball. The ball comes to him. And then the ball's, like, rolling really slow, and the defender's right there. And then he, like, barely gets it off in the nick of time. Or, like, I think in the Mexico game, it actually touched the player. Yeah. Um. So, like, he, that, that can't happen. Uh, I mean, obviously, his shot-stopping ability um, is amazing. Um, that's just – but in this day and age, you know, your distribution as a keeper, and obviously the U.S. is playing at the back, too, it needs to be better. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, it's kind of a freak accident, dude. He didn't really get touched on that. He just kind of like sprinted. And then it, what was crazy is because it, I, you would have assumed like he pulled a muscle, but it was something mm-hmm. with his knee, right? They were even checking if it was an ACL, the way they grab it and they kind of move it. So it's kind of sucks that that happened. But at the same time, everything happens for a reason because even, even uh, yeah, what's his name? Horvath came he in. Horvath. Yeah, Horvath came in and just tore it up dude because he had a big time save against Chucky Lozano then there was one that was offside that he had a big time save on and then obviously Mexico got a PK in the dying minutes off a handball to tie the game up and boom big time save again Horvath man I think I think this performance teams are gonna look at it big time clubs not gonna say he's going to like a Manchester United but there could be some interest from like you know a team in Spain or or Italian league, or or maybe in the EPL, you know, lower team. I hope so. And now, I mean, I think even Zach Seven has some competition because even his distribution was better than um, Zach Seven. Now he wasn't asked to do what Zach Seven was because he mainly launched the balls. But even still, like he was still finding players every time he would like you know distribute the ball out. So um, that's good to see, and maybe it'll make Zach Seven sharpen up his toolbox uh, more. Um, but like you mentioned. Um, when it went to overtime, man, let's face it, Mexico was dominating overtime. I uh, think they, they dominated. Looked, they dominated overtime. And they don, dominated the second part of the second half. Yes, I agree with you. I think or if you just had to take the ninety minutes, I think like Mexico probably sixty percent better than U.S. to forty percent. That would be my ratio. And then overtime, because the U.S. was gassed, they were pinned back in the last uh, minutes of regulation. Um, 
And then we get to overtime, but before we get to overtime, and we'll talk about this later, we also had to stop the game for uh, anti, uh, anti discrimination. discrimination. I, I don't know how you say it, uh, uh, which we talked about in the past for saying uh, uh, Pluto. Uh, so it even made it like that much more suspenseful and also made me late to get back home to go to sleep because I got to go to work the next day. <laughs> well, <laughs> the whole thing with that, dude, is whether you agree with it or not, you're gonna cost your team potentially points now. They're gonna forfeit if because it goes. We talked about it. You know, they stop it once, and then if it happens again, they're gonna take the team to the locker room for like ten minutes, and then if it happens a third time, the game's over. So it's like whether you agree with it or not. Now, to stop, and then I was yeah. laughing because I go, "Hey, what about if it was USA fans? Like, oh, dude, let's just say it. Like, <laughs> they're gonna stop it and blame Mexico." I'm not saying that's happened, but what do you do in that scenario? What about if a team's winning, like Mexico's winning, and the opposing team starts saying it, but because of the word, you assume it's Mexico fans? I mean, how do you prove that? Yeah, I mean... And they say you, it for you, the purpose of trying to get the game stopped. I don't think that that's been done yet. Um, well, yeah, because but, the rule just took place like uh, I know, two games ago. I'm saying, uh, I think we all can agree that it's pretty much the mexico fans well yeah uh, but obviously with with you know because you have fans being thrown out now so they have um you know that we have the video where you can pan to the to you know stands now and and look for people that are actually doing it so i think just having that risk as a u.s fan that like, you really want to risk you trying to get that uh get that to happen and you be banned from ever going to another u.s game i don't I don't really see that happening. Yeah, me neither. I was just throwing hypotheticals. Come on, come on dude. You, Way to kill you. my conspiracy theories. Yeah. Uh, some support over here. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, like you mentioned with the, the fans. So we had we actually had the, the full regulation time. It was actually, the I think, the first half of overtime where we were deprived like three or four minutes because of that, weren't we? Um, in the first half of regular, yeah, there was uh, something that happened that they didn't give the extra time. But then in the second half, dude, they gave way too much extra time. Yeah, I don't know. The ref was trying to make up for it. Um, but uh, it, it would, uh, obviously, there were a lot of controversial calls. Um, Dota got kicked the, out. Dota got kicked out. Um, obviously, Pulisic, he does a run in the box. He kind of splits the two players and he gets sandwiched. I personally didn't think it was a penalty. Uh, they 100% PK the entire whoa, time. Whoa, 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 calm down, dog. So they VAR'd it, and then when you look at the other angle, there's a case for a penalty. So I'm not. I'm saying me personally, I wouldn't have called it, but I understand it's debatable, and it could go either way. My opinion, 100% a PK. Um, you can't just go through the player to get the ball. My, my dad said, oh, he didn't have control of the ball anymore. I said, well, how else do you split players? You push the ball a little bit ahead, and then you split them. You just can't go through the player. There was a knock from both. I think it was a PK, 100%. But VAR checked it. VAR came into play several times, right? The offside call. Mm -hmm. The two PKs. So it was definitely, definitely good to see see both happen. So I'm happy that Horvath was able to come back and, you know, make that save because, dude, it was crazy because in that second VAR, the ref took forever and – I mean, looking back on it, it's a pretty clear handball. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, usually, like, if you take that long, then it's not clear and obvious, right? Yeah, that's what like, I was by saying. By definition? By definition, um, it wasn't. But, yeah, it it, it pretty it was a pretty clear handball. I thought he was just going to take uh, one look at it. Yeah, and, and it, so it's just the Pulisic scores the penalty, right? A beautiful PK. And obviously, like, my, my watching my family, we were celebrating. Uh, but I was – I had, like, a muted celebration because I didn't feel – like, we earned it because, obviously, we were getting pushed back, and I didn't think it was a penalty. I still celebrated. I still was happy. So then when the second penalty came, uh, and you could I, – I think it was a makeup call by the ref because I think you could have potentially also debated that couldn't be called either. Like, he was kind of put, trying to pull his hand away from the ball. But either way, it, it, it is what it is. I felt like it was a makeup call. So now that we saved that one, now I feel that our win was more – justified if that makes sense yeah i agree with you i agree with you because if we if they didn't get a pk call they would have been like usa only won because of the pk but it's like well mexico had the chance to tie it up and they didn't so yeah it feels a lot more like a full win um 
and that's why I kind of wanted to talk about, dude. Like, do you think Burhalter or Tata, Tata Martini was a better coach on the day? Uh, well, first of all, Ethan Horvath, man. I was super pumped when he saved that one. What a save. Beautiful save. Um, I, I, Yeah, you know, the weird thing is we talked about how, how of an impact Linus had. So, you know, there are questions whether he should have been in the starting lineup. And I know they've been thrown around with, you know, uh, Mexico's not playing with a true number nine, uh, more of a false nine. So is it more of Tata not having the players he needs or did Tata just get it wrong? But then again, you know, Mexico had a lot of chances to win the game. So is it one of those games where it's not really on the coach? It's just with players finishing or coming up big. In my opinion, Tata outcoached Berhalter. I think Berhalter got it wrong the entire game. We just got lucky that we fought hard. Um, Tata had it. They had the better opportunities. I think Diego Linus obviously came in. In my opinion, this is what I always say. Man of the match shouldn't just go to the winning team. Um, personally, I think Diego Linus probably could have been man of the match um, because when he came in, he gave a whole different dynamic to Mexico. Um, Burhalter, I think he got it wrong, especially without pulling, not pulling Mark McKenzie out as soon as we saw how many mistakes he was making. Yeah, um, that was weird. The entire back line, John Brooks and Mark McKenzie, don't look solid. Um, I think Burhalter got it wrong. But at the end of the day, we can't overlook mm-hmm. the fact that how many players... The U.S. team is willing to run through a wall for Burhalter, And whether you're tactically sound, and I, I know Burhalter is a great coach, but if you know everything in the world and the players aren't willing to do that for you, you're not going to be, you're not going to have success. But the fact that he has that, even on the day he got it wrong, dude, mm-hmm. they battled back, battled back, battled back, and fought the entire game. And hats off because that's what we were criticizing the U.S. for, right? That we didn't have that anymore. And I think they showed it here. Although I, I think Berhalter shouldn't play out of the back, we've already shown that we can't do that. And mm-hmm. as much as you want to, let's face it, a lot of these t- players that we have, amazing players, they play for top European clubs, but they're not playing on like these teams that are building out of the back and they're used to it. You get me? They're playing on teams that are just getting it forward. So I think we need to just use that to our advantage, push the ball forward, play more direct, and take advantage of the better talent we have up top. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I think, obviously, when we look at our midfields and even our forward forwards, um, you know, we're we're pretty sound. It's that defense. It's literally, you know, all the subs we made later. It just was like plug and play. Um, I think anybody except Sergio Des is 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 up for replacement. So it's whoever wants to show up and and take those positions. Um, but yeah, very shaky. I think you're right. You know, we're playing out the back too much, and we just. What you know, I know we've talked about the the philosophy that you you play the style you you're meant to no matter what you keep playing out the back. But if you're playing out the back and every time you do it, there's like a goal scoring opportunity, then yeah, you got to change something because then it doesn't matter because you're obviously not having enough success for, to justify it. Um, so yeah, I agree with it. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about the fan conduct? Really quick, sum it up. Uh. I mean, yeah, besides the, uh, you know, the Pluto chant, um, you know, when the U.S. scored the goal, they celebrated, uh, everything rained down with beer, uh, bottles, uh, like, not like beer bottles, but like water bottles. Um, and then obviously Giro Jarena uh, got hit and was down for a while. And then I, I think even, uh, it, obviously, I'm pretty sure maybe a U.S. fan may have thrown one or two things, but I mean, the U.S. just scored, so it's more like, most likely Mexico, right? And, um, you know, one of the Mexican players got hit with a beer, too. Yeah, so later you're like, on. You're, hit, you're when, hitting your own your own players now. Yep. Um, and, dude, so just, Ascar, like, <laughs> Ascar because of Michael getting hit with one of those water bottles from a distance and, like, four, yeah. it, it hurts, dude. Um, and, dude, what the, it's going to just cause stadiums to stop selling stuff during games because fans mm-hmm. keep throwing it on the field, and that's it's not okay. Um, well, at the, at the Cap New, like, I had a friend that went there, and they, she told me they don't serve any beer there. And that's crazy. One of the biggest football stadiums in the world, no beer. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, and I don't want it to get like that, because obviously we all love beer. Um, and there's, yeah, there's, and here's the thing that sucks, right? And if you really love your national team, then you have to, you, you should not want this to be. But what's going to happen is they're going to have to take it out on your federation and your national team, because that's the only way to hold the fans accountable. Yeah, I agree. And, 
obviously we're assuming it was Mexico because they were losing and USA was celebrating and then USA was winning and like time wasting, you know, keeping in the corner. But mm-hmm. obviously we know USA fans are capable of it too as well. Any fans, yeah. it's just it's just got to stop. It's it's not good for the sport yeah. and you can yeah. seriously hurt a player. Trust me, the Guatemaltecos and the you know the Catrachos, they all do it too. So it's not just Mexico, um, U.S. Obviously, too. Any way, shape, or form, it's all it's all bad. And um, at, yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it's just you're gonna cause delays. And I mean, this game, like, it lasted thirty minutes extra than it should have been, regardless of the overtime, because that would have happened because of fan conduct. Um, and there was some stuff on there. I mean, it got pretty dirty on the field too. I mean, I, there was yeah. probably like eight times where they were like about and, like to come to blows, and there was a lot of like shirt pulling. I think at one point when uh, Pulisic fell on the ground when he got that foul, oh yeah, he grabbed him by like the neck or something. Yeah, right? a lot of shirt pulling necks. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. And dude, I know we were condemning the the throwing of the beer and all that. But it made for a pretty cool picture of Pulisic in the crowd and all the things that were being thrown yeah. at him. And it just reminded me of Trey Young, star player for the Hawks. That does dude, the no thing. one cares about basketball, bro. Shut up. No one cares about basketball. Let me start. Dude, even <laughs> Europeans like basketball. Just kidding, dude. Why are you so I butthurt? Know. Hey, really quick. I'm going to go to the Dublin side. Pulisic or Chucky? None. Diego Linus. It's between them two. Oh, Chucky Lozano had a better game. Yeah, I mean Pulisic, he had a couple of nice runs, but I think he's he's failed to have a huge impact in these U.S. versus Mexico games he, so far. He had an impact in the start of the second half. He came alive. It looked like he got him more on the ball. He was able to create a, a lot of things. But I still think Chucky Lozano had a better game. Um, a lot of he kept creating a lot of chances every time Chucky got the ball one v one. I was I was frightened. I thought he was gonna do something better because he kept cutting in, but he wasn't pulling the trigger. He'd cut one, cut two, cut yeah. three, and then by then we we take it away. But if he would cut in once, take a shot, it was good to go. But Chucky Lozano, and that leads us to moment of, of the week. Stud, take it away, David. Yeah, and this has to go to Ethan Horvath, man. What a G came in as a sub. I mean, what better setting? Uh, and uh, what kind of game to come into as a sub? Not only as a regular sub, but as a keeper. That's huge. You you can't you can't really get your warmed up into the game like other players can. Yeah, so goalkeeper coach big, making bon- gonna make a bonus off of this one. Yeah, he mentioned him that it was practiced by the goalkeeping coach. Uh, also, with saving the penalty the penalty kicks that they watched forty minutes worth of uh, uh, video on on the on Mexico Mexico players and their their p- penalties. Um, so shout out to him, uh, just just awesome, and that was such a great save too. The way he got down low, uh, most big people like that don't get low like that. Like somebody else I know that used to play soccer, um, <laughs> and then the dud goes to the Mexico fans, and I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that. But uh, you guys get the L for this one just because of all, all all the craziness. If you guys didn't you know, did- Me- David's a Mexico hater, and you took away my sleep, man. That's the main thing. You cost me thirty minutes of sleep. It was the game ended like uh, close, uh, like at twelve thirty on the East Coast, dog. That's crazy. Um, I do you think the Mayweather fight was a little bit better? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. thanks guys. Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you leave us good reviews. Make sure you let us know what you you want to hear. But thanks for a great episode. Enjoyed it. Peace out, y'all. Yeah, please don't send me death threats. <laughs> Peace. It's been real, it's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out weekly. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out via email or on any of our social media platforms. Bye. Have a good week.